Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Back here on Sports Talk on the Big 870. Mike to tell you along with Charlie Long in studio. And on our Oakland Hard Jewelers talking text line, former LSU pitcher and, again, one of the best voices to do baseball in the business from the SEC Network, Ben McDonald. Ben, thanks so much for joining us this afternoon. Yeah, anytime, anytime, guys. Uh, ben, uh, man, we talk about this so many times with Jay in the offseason. He was like, man, y'all guys are going to be surprised. We got it this year from a pitching staff standpoint. It's totally different from a year ago. Number one ranked, and it's as advertised, Ben, every bit of it. Uh, we knew the hitting was going to be there, but the pitching and the depth of the pitching is like something I, I don't ever remember at LSU. Yeah, you know, it, it is very, very deep. Now, obviously losing Grant Taylor about three yeah. weeks ago, one of the weekend rotation pieces, really hurt LSU uh, in that regard because you could imagine what it would be like if he was in the weekend rotation and the pieces that you would have, you know. And, look, for me, LSU started to turn the corner a little bit last year. They were sixth best in the SEC when it came to ERA last year, whereas in the previous three or four years, LSU had been towards the bottom in overall pitching. So they started to kind of turn the corner last year, and, of course, bringing in the number one recruiting class in the country, then you bring in the number one transfer class in the country. Of course, Paul Skeens, you know, one of the main pitchers. Uh, and Thatcher Hurd, who came from UCLA, has really made a big, big difference in this pitching staff for LSU. Yeah, I was going to ask you about Thatcher and, and Skeens. Uh, just sort of your evaluation, you being a former pitcher to evaluate both those guys in, in Skeens and also uh, Thatcher Hurd. Yeah, well, start, start with Paul Skeens on Friday night. I mean, to me, he's made a, a, a big jump. Before the season began, he was projected to be a mid to late round, first round pick. And, you know, the way he started the year off, he's taken a jump for me. And, and like, you know, Chase Dolander over at Tennessee, who was the SEC pitcher of the year, projected number one overall, especially from a pitching standpoint. Uh, was supposed to be that guy and probably still is. But Skeens, I think, has, has pulled himself a lot closer to where Dolander is. Dolander may have a few more pitches, but Paul Skeens has that big power arm. And I was amazed by him in, in the very first game of the year. The first pitch out of his hand was 99. And in the 98th pitch that he threw that night, his first start in LSU uniform was, was 98 miles an hour. So he's carrying his velocity all the way through. Uh, he's throwing a lot of strikes. I think it's 48 strikeouts now, only four walks. So that's an amazing strikeout-to-walk ratio. And LSU's got a real Friday night guy for the first time in a long while. 
I know a lot of the talk in the offseason, Ben, for us was about like these transfer guys like Skeens and Hurd and then also Christian Little, who's been outstanding to start the season as well. But we kind of almost overlooked the fact that Jay also went out and got the top freshman class. And there, there's guys that are performing right away, guys like Jared Jones and Paxton Kling. I mean, Paxton Kling is hitting 640 during this 10-game winning streak. He's been outstanding. Jared Jones was the SEC co-freshman of the week last week, going 6 of 10. Talk a little bit about the young guys that are really making their names early on in their careers at LSU. Yeah, as good as LSU is going to be offensively, it's pretty amazing that Jay Johnson's running three true freshmen out there. Don't forget about Brady Neal, the catcher. Yep, correct. You know? yep, and, yep, right. yeah. and so he's in there too. Jared Jones has been a monster, you know, uh, in the middle part. He, you know, he's listed as like six three or six four, but he's way bigger than that. Like he almost looks me eye to eye. He's closer to six six two fifty, and he just fills up a batter's box, you know, when he steps in the batter's box. So. He's been a big guy. Now he's sitting down towards the bottom of that lineup in about the seven hole right now, which is really scary. So that's what this offense offers. And the big challenge when you pitch against them is there's nowhere to rest in this lineup. At the top, you know, you got you got Paxton Kling, who's been, as you mentioned, been hot as anybody in the country as of late. And, you know, everybody didn't know that much about Paxton Kling, but uh, uh, one of the things about him is he's the highest rated high school kid to end up on a college campus. Everybody above him end up signing pro contracts. That's what everybody thought about Paxton Kling, and he's really coming to his own really about the last 10 games, you know. So you see him up at the top. Jarrett Jones is doing his thing as well, you know, and Neil is doing his thing. And so, look, it's it's, it's a scary lineup to face. Uh, offense is big time up across the board right now in college baseball. Like, we're seeing stuff that we haven't seen maybe since gorilla ball days as far as the ball flying out of the ballpark, I think. The NCAA, may, maybe Rawlings, who makes the baseballs, have messed with the baseballs in some ways. I'll give you an example. Last year, South Carolina hit 55 home runs in 57 games. This year, South Carolina already has 45 home runs in just 17 games. We got six SEC schools that are averaging 10 runs a game or more just in the SEC, and not one SEC school averaged 10 runs a game last year. So offense is way up across the league. LSU is clobbering the ball, but believe it or not, they're only sitting in sixth place in home runs just in the (laughs) SEC, and they only have the fourth-best batting average in the SEC right now. So it's very offensive. But, look, SEC play is coming quickly this weekend, and that's typically when ERAs go up and batting averages come down a little bit. you know. And so it's going to be a lot tougher – uh, as we go through the conference schedule. Ben, uh, man, I would call this clear as a bell. Before the season started last year, uh, I had on Scott Sanders, and we had talked before, and, you know, Scott, you know, and you know his son Cam now, you know, with the Cubs uh, and, and doing pretty well there. And he had told me, Mike, man, the defense on this team, I, I, I don't know. Uh, they batting a, a lot of things around. I don't think that's – very good on this team, and I think that could be a Achilles' heel uh, for this team. And he told me this before the season even started. Just watching them in practice, I got some major question marks. He said the pitching's one thing, but he said, "Man, the defense is another." And we had Jay, and he was like, "No, I'm working with them this year on their defense. Uh, you know, if it's short, second base, third, I'm working with those guys because he noticed it too. But I, I got to give Scott a lot of credit. He saw it even before the season started last year. That wasn't a strength, and yet now look how much improvement we've seen on the defensive side of the ball uh, for LSU." Yeah, you know, that was a big concern going in last year. And in the middle part of that infield, you know, Cade Doty at second, I loved him offensively, but he had some struggles at second base. 
Jordan Thompson really struggled at shortstop last year. And we all know if you're going to be strong defensively, you got to be strong up the middle. And, of course, when your two middle infielders are not fielding the ball well, I'll take you back to last year. LSU fielded 962 overall. That's the worst defending team I can ever remember in LSU history to field 962. They were dead last in the Southeastern Conference. They fielded 14th best out of 14 teams. But this year, look, you talk about a turnaround. They're fielding 990 now. They've gone from worst to first in the SEC in fielding percentage and one of the top fielding percentages in the entire country right now. So that's been a big improvement for LSU. Jordan Thompson is a different guy at shortstop. He is making all the plays this year. He looks tremendous. He's got a lot of confidence this year. Gavin Dugas made the move from the outfield over to second base. He looks really good. And of course, up the middle between Brady Nelizo, the other catcher, they're really strong behind home plate. And look, Dylan Cruz is oh. as good as anybody in the country out center field. Like his jumps on the ball, his reads are outstanding. So, yeah, from a defensive standpoint, that's where I'm most happy about LSU because you go back and look at last year, look, they lost five or six games at least because they couldn't make routine plays. I don't know if that's going to be the case this year. They seem to be on point on defense as well, pitching and, of course, offensively as well. Ben, uh, when you look at Dylan Cruz, um, you know, there hasn't been a lot of guys that have been out there for LSU with that type talent. Uh, you know, and he's gotten better on the defensive side. Well, boy, he can swing that bat. He, he is – you watching something special here with Dylan Cruz at LSU. Yeah, no, look, he's a special player that typically – does not make his way to college campuses. Normally those kind of talented players end up playing pro ball out of high school. The last guy I remember that was that good when he stepped on campus was probably Alex Bregman. Uh, you know, we know how good he is and what he's done in his pro career. Dylan Cruz is right there with Alex Bregman. Could very well be the first guy drafted this year. That's how good he is. Now, Jack Caglione is having an outstanding year over at Florida. Already got 13 home runs in 17 <laughs> games. He's having a monster year. Wyatt Langford uh, is going to be a big pick at Florida. And Coach Dolander, who we mentioned earlier, could be a you know the number one pick as well. But Dylan Cruz has been a special player, really not just at LSU throughout his career. You go back and look, you know, he was a Team USA guy when he was 13 years old. Everybody thought a lot of him then. They had a lot of pressure on him then. He comes all the way through high school. He performs well. He chooses LSU instead of the pro draft. And, you know, when he stepped on campus, I think he hit, what, 18 or 20 homers his first year, and he had to look back. He's hitting over 500 right now. So he's making a case and showing the entire country that he is the best position player in the country right now. Ben, I wanted to get your evaluation of, I mean, we already talked about Paul Skeens and how excellent he's been on Friday nights, but the Saturday guy, Ty Floyd, who's 3-0, 1.08 ERA, five hits and 16.2 uh, innings pitch, 21 strikeouts to five walks, his performance early on in the season, because it seems like the weekend rotation is starting to solidify a little bit with Skeens, Floyd, and uh, Hurd entering the mix as well. Yeah, because those last two guys that you mentioned were not in the weekend rotation Correct. when it began. Riley Cooper was in there, and look, you talk to Jay about that, he'll tell you, he say, look, Riley Cooper outpitched everybody all fall. He outpitched everybody in, you know, in the spring inter-squad games leading into opening day. And he said he just deserved that opportunity to be in the re- weekend rotation. He said, I don't know if that was always going to be my plans. I hope that Thatcher Hurd and Ty Floyd would elevate their game and eventually get in that weekend rotation. So as you take Grant Taylor out of the mix who got hurt, I think this is where Jay Johnson wanted the weekend rotation to be. So you got three power arms in schemes, and then you run Ty Floyd out there with that big fastball. It's got some analytical numbers to it. 
He's really improved. He's worked hard with Wes Johnson, the pitching coach, because really the knock on Ty Floyd the first two years was outstanding fastball, but really didn't have any off-speed or secondary offerings to go with it. He's worked really hard with Wes Johnson. He's developed a nice slider. He's developed a nice changeup as well. Thatcher Hurd comes Look, he was one of the top transfers in the entire country last year. Everybody forgets that he, his freshman year at UCLA last year, was very, very good. Pitched to a one-point-something ERA, but had some back issues and missed the second half of the season. But he was a number-one-rated right-handed pitcher coming out of the whole state of California his senior year just two years ago. And so he brings a lot of talent, too. And, you know, he had a little bit of a rough start. I'll take you back to his, his outing against Southern University, his very first start of the year. And he had a little bit of a rough start, but since then, guys, his last three starts, he has not given up a run. That's how good he has been his last three. So I feel like the weekend rotation maybe doesn't quite stack up to Tennessee's. It's very close. I think Tennessee still has the best weekend rotation out there because they got Beam and Burns and, of course, Dolander back, who were all three rotation pieces last year for them. But I think LSU has a deeper staff overall than what Tennessee has. So I'm happy where the pitching is. I'm happy where the defense is. This team is a special team. It's the most talent I've seen at LSU in many, many years for sure. So LSU has a real shot. But I always warn people, baseball is a different kind of game than most other sports. And all you got to do is ask Tennessee. Tennessee has <laughs> the best right. team I think I've seen. I think I had seen maybe since my commentating career began over 20-something years ago, they had the best college team I'd ever seen. And yet, they don't even make it to the College World Series. So it's just different. And I'll also take you to Ole Miss last year, right? Ole Miss was the 64th team to get in. A lot of people felt like Ole Miss didn't even deserve to be in the NCAA tournament because of the year that they had it, yet they go on to win the national championship. So that's what makes baseball a little bit special to me is that you really don't know, and the teams that are peaking and playing the best toward the end are the teams that end up making those deep runs into the playoffs. With Thatcher, Ben, it seemed like he kind of had a little bit of rust to shake off with that first start against Southern. But ever since then, as you said, he's been outstanding. He won SEC Co uh, Pitcher of the Week this past week. But another pitcher I want, another transfer pitcher I want to talk about was Christian Little, who got a start last week. But he's been more of a bullpen guy. And I'm gonna go back to a couple Tuesdays ago when that that start that Thatcher heard really kind of proved himself to me was the Texas start. But the guy that came in in the ninth inning and slammed whiff, the door whiff, whiff. shut yep. was Christian Little, and that's when he proved himself to me. So Christian Little, talk about him and his role on the team. He did get the start last week, but I wonder if he was if Jay has plans for him as the bullpen closer type of guy. I would think Christian Little, now that Ty Floyd, who was at the back end, you know, a few weeks ago, it seemed like it was him and Christian Little. Now that Ty Floyd's in the weekend rotation, I think it's gonna fall on Christian Little and he's been outstanding. You know, he comes from Vanderbilt where he was there for two years. He was mostly a reliever at Vanderbilt his first two years, but the thing about Christian Little you have to know is he's very, very young. In other words, he's still just 20 years old and in his third college season. He came to Vanderbilt and just made 17 when he stepped foot on Vanderbilt. And so a lot of ways, you know, he should have been like a junior in high school and then maybe a senior last year. This really could be his freshman year. I'll give you an example. The kid Paxton Kling, who's in his freshman year at LSU, is older than what Christian Little is right now. So Christian Little, in a lot of ways, is still developing, even though he's in his third college year. And, yes, he has been outstanding. If you look at the numbers for Christian Little, I mean, I think it's a .77 ERA. Only one run uh, given up so yeah. far. He's punched out 15. He's only walked two in 11 and two-thirds. And that's what you want from your closer, the guy that's going to come in and throw strikes. It is an elite slider for him, a really good changeup as well, and a fastball that can tick up really into the mid-90s. And so I think he's your guy at the back end. But I love the left-hander, Nate Ackenhausen, who's been really good 
He comes from junior college, and he's been outstanding as well. I think his ERA is below one right now in about 10 innings of work right now. And, of course, don't forget about the other left-handed, Riley Cooper, who yeah. gives you a lot of uh, innings, and he can give you bulk innings at the back end too. So the bullpen's in pretty good shape. And really, you know, we make so much about, and we should, the number one transfer class, the number one recruiting class. But I think the MVP of what Jay Johnson went and got last year was the pitching coach, Wes Johnson. Wes Johnson is going to make a difference for many years to come for LSU. And, look, it's not very often you go get a big league pitching coach to come back to college. Wes Johnson was a big league pitching coach with the Twins. And not only was he with the Twins, the Twins were in first place in the American League Central, going to the playoffs when Wes Johnson called and said, hey, I need you to come to LSU. Wes Johnson drops a first-place big league job, and he comes back to be a college coach. And I think he's going to make a world of difference. To my opinion, guys, he is the best pitching coach in the country, and that's another reason why I think this pitching staff is going to have a ton of success this year but in many years to come. Ben, last question. I mean, we take a lot of pride in the South. You know, man, SEC football, best in the country. And, you know, Alabama and Georgia and LSU and Texas A&M, Mississippi State, Florida, you name them. But you look at baseball, you, you, you lost the bet if you think – that baseball is not the most dominant sport for the SEC. When you look across the board at what Arkansas has, Tennessee, and back-to-back uh, championships, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, uh, Florida, what they've got, LSU, and then you got Texas and Oklahoma coming in. Yeah, Man, uh, that, that is really some big-time talent that you have to go through. Charlie and I were talking about this yesterday. That's a, maybe a handful of teams uh, outside the SEC, but if you're placing a bet on, on a team winning the national championship, you must want to do that on an SEC team because look what you have to go through the gauntlet to get there. Yeah, when we talked to yeah. Jay, he said that, Every single team in the SEC had what it takes to get to Omaha this year. Every single, every and, single team. And Vanderbilt, you can't say that about football, but you can say it about baseball. That's right. No, I mean, look, as dominant as, as the SEC is in football, it's equally as dominant in baseball. I think the SEC has won, what, four out of the last five national titles they have won. You go back and look. I mean, the, an SEC school, I think, has played for the national title. I don't know how many years in a row now. And so – it is extremely dominant. It, that 30-game that grind that begins this weekend is tough. But what I always say about that is when you go through that gauntlet and you play that schedule, it prepares you for the postseason. In other words, you're not going to see anything in the postseason that you haven't already seen in that 30-game schedule. And so that's what's the good thing. If you can make it through mentally and physically, it only prepares you for what's to come, and that's the playoffs and hopefully a run to Omaha. So that's the good news. LSU starts, as you guys know, with, with probably the most difficult start out of anybody. You open up at A&M, a top-10 team, then you get – you know, Arkansas, the top five team the next weekend. Then you get Tennessee comes to Baton Rouge in weekend number three. So you start off with three Omaha caliber teams right away. And so we'll know. And the truth is, LSU's not played a whole lot of competition. But again, nobody really has to this point. So we'll know a lot more about LSU three or four weekends from now. But it's going to be tough. There's no doubt about that. It's going to be a grind to get through this schedule that they're on right now. But 
I think they have the makeup. Jay Johnson continues to do an outstanding job. He has a great pulse of this team. He seems to be pushing all the right buttons right now. So I'm excited for LSU. I'm excited what they can do this year. Ben, thanks so much for joining us this afternoon. Man, you do an unbelievable job uh, to listen to when you call a game. And, man, uh, proud of you. And uh, go Tigers, right? I appreciate it. Y'all take care. All right, Ben. Ben McDonald, former LSU pitcher, now on the SEC Network. And, man, he's – like must listen to when he does a game. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, just does a fabulous job. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.